Shut up and sit down. Ladies and gentlemen, how you folks doing? Welcome back to another edition of the Con and Bob podcast. Buddy, how you doing, man? It's Bob. I'm good, man. I'm good. How you doing? <laughs> oh, it's good, man. It's good to be back here with the podcast. It seems like we say that every other week, but, you know, hey, we're back. <laughs> yeah, um, I know. It's uh, this time, hopefully, for a consistent bit. Uh, but, you know, it's life, right? Mm-hmm. Stuff happens. and Exactly. People, people go to Leaf games and... Uh, <laughs> Oh, that's and on then me. Some of us just have to sit around waiting. <laughs> yep, <laughs> that's you that had to wait around uh, because I ditched you last week. That's on me. But um, okay. honestly, though, wrestling uh, was pretty good this week. We're obviously coming off the Royal Rumble and NXT Takeover, which were both phenomenal, in my opinion. We're not gonna oh, yeah. like break them down or anything, but like, just give me your quick thoughts, man. Like, uh, what was better, Takeover or Royal Rumble from this week? Very hard to compare, though. Um, I'm going to go with royal rumble okay um though i think probably takeover had better individual matches just royal rumble as a whole was better i mean it's tough to compete with royal rumble is arguably the most exciting pay-per-view of the entire year yeah it really is i mean it's the one time a year where you really don't know who you're going to see there. Uh, anybody yeah, could come exactly. back. Exactly. So it uh that one was really good and a lot of people I know a lot of people were ripping on the aspect of oh like I didn't like the lack of legends or the lack of surprises or whatever. Yeah, it's like yeah. what do you mean lack of surprises? Each Royal Rumble match itself had a number of NXT call-up surprises people from all over the place and it was awesome that way it was really well done and i think this is a better way going forward i i hope so because yeah because it Mm -hmm. allows these nxt hopefuls that are very talented to at least get a little bit of a showing in front of the wwe casual fans right yeah no i i'm a hundred percent behind you there i i do agree that i think the royal rumble should be saved for maybe one or two legend spots because Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of fun. But other than outside of those one or two legend spots, it should be all NXT superstars and WWE superstars. Build for your future. Build for your exactly. present, right? I mean, the fact that they're trying to push NXT almost as a third brand, well, I mean, let's make sure then you put some of them in the Royal Rumble. And they've mm-hmm. definitely done that. Uh, more so in the women's side of things. Like, sure, you had the men's have a few call-ups there, but the women's side really called up a few people like... uh what was oh, it? Yeah, Casey Catanzaro. Like eleven people. <laughs> yeah, it was like Casey Catanzaro was fantastic in it. Rhea Ripley stood out. Uh, yeah. Who else got called up? Candice Kyrie, LeRae, Kari Sane. Yeah. yeah. Candice, Io. Yeah. Um. There's quite a few that stood out in, uh, but like none more so than Casey Catanzaro. There, that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Eh? she's got a bright future. Holy yeah, crap! Yeah, she was. Uh, she was pretty awesome. Um, okay, though. So before we break down Raw and SmackDown, though, we got a couple things that we're going to talk about here, uh, mainly to do with WWE releases and contracts and a whole bunch of weird stuff. So the big news to come out of this week is that Dean Ambrose has been officially announced by WWE that he will not be resigning with the WWE once his contract is up at the end of April. Do you smell a work? It's tough. I mean, 
I don't know because he hasn't been greatly booked and he hasn't had a great opportunity um, to do it since he... Uh... Yeah, somebody <laughs> over there, I see. Yeah. <laughs> Just catching uh, up. <laughs> he hasn't had a great opportunity to like do his best work since the heel turn, I think. I think that this week was his strongest week since turning heel. Okay. Um, it felt the most natural. It felt like he had some good, I don't know, just the things he was saying were good, whereas before it was very, like, almost Bray Wyatt-ish. He was talking to talk, right? And no okay. real purpose behind it, at least for me. I didn't find a lot. It was exciting when he turned. It was just not enough for me after that. Mm-hmm. So. um I, yeah, I don't know. So you, you could that. see his, his creative frustration, right? You understand, like, his frustration, why he'd want to potentially leave the WWE. Um, the yeah, one 100%. reason The one reason why it seems, well, actually, there's more than just one reason, but one of the reasons why it feels fishy to me is because Dean Ambrose and Triple H had a stare down right there on at Raw. And then, sure enough, just hours later, mm-hmm. he's announced that he's not resigning with the company. To me, that seems like they're building towards a, a, a Dean Ambrose versus Triple H match at WrestleMania. I, I don't know, but that just feels like... It could be good, although gonna... WrestleMania is before his contract expires, In right? April? Nope. He's, uh, he's done after WrestleMania in April, towards the end of That's April. what I mean. WrestleMania happens before his contract. Oh, I thought you said after. Okay, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, he's... Yeah, uh, so he could He could, he could still... be, but here's, here's why I'm saying that it sounds like it could potentially be a work, because... WWE, when's the last time you saw them announce any contracts, right? Like, and sure, you know, I might just be a mark here and not taking WWE's word at full, but, I mean, let's be honest. When has WWE ever come out and said, this guy's contract is up at this point, months ahead of the contract finally being up? That never happens. The only way, like, the only reason I um, think it could be true as well is because like the way they did it is different and not often done or at all. Um, but it's because it's Dean, I think. Like if it ends up being true, it's because it's one of the Shield brothers, right? Like okay. yep. it's because it's one of their like core guys that got them back on a higher platform through a time that like they were the the guys, right? Like they yep. Very exciting, and they're always they're like literally. Some people consider them the greatest stable in like history. So you think right? just because he's he's a part of the Shield there that WWE is going to announce months ahead of time that this guy is not resigning? To me, that just sounds that like they're going to handle it classy. Okay, I'm not sure if that's classy though. To be honest, it, announcing months ahead of time that your guy's not going to resign that well the the post they did was very like respectful. Oh, and definitely it used definitely. his real name, and it was like. Uh, we wish him all the best once he's done and he moves on, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So it's that's just, the thing. It's, it's like, just it's very in- it's very weird that WWE would announce that, though, months ahead of time. You're telling me right now that WWE Vince McMahon has fully given up trying to sign Dean Ambrose, one of the three S.H.I.E.L.D. brothers? No, there's going to be contract talks all the way through these next three months, offering him buttloads of money because they're scared he's going to go off to AEW and make a shit ton of money over there. Right, that's yeah. what they're scared of. You're telling me that they're already announcing Dean Ambrose is going to be a free agent in this month's time with all elite wrestling coming up in not too far of the distant future. No way in hell they've given up and try and sign Dean Ambrose already. 
No way. No, and no, I've I've heard though. So that... to so to announce it to the world like that, that's that's crazy. That's just very weird. Yes, it is weird. Mm-hmm. It could be the aspect again, like to just play the other side of it. Yep. It could be the aspect like many athletes, right? They're on a team and they're like, listen, I'm no, I don't care what you offer me, I'm not going to resign. Okay. That that's right? fair. Look at look at the Anthony Davis situation in New Orleans right now. He's still a year and a half away from his contract being done. And he's like, I will not resign with you. So okay. but when you when we do talk him. when we do talk about like the WWE, it's just very weird to see a post regarding yes. contract stuff on a Twitter months out from the actual date. Like why are you telling fans who are supposed to try to get invested in characters that a character that you're gonna see on TV is not gonna be here in a few months? That to yeah. me is almost WWE trying to lay the groundwork for something. Now I don't know if it's gonna end up being like a CM Punk type of situation where they make you believe that the guy has left the company and he's coming back with whatever. And like, he comes back a it, week later. Yeah, like there very well could be leading to something like that. What if they they make it feel that Dean Ambrose's job is on the line come WrestleMania? You know, maybe there is something there. Uh, maybe they're leaking this stuff out there to try to make fans buy into the fact Dean Ambrose won't be around come after WrestleMania, and then all of a sudden they pull the swerve and say he re-signed a new contract, and that becomes part of his story, right? It it could happen. I could see WWE morphing it into a story. It's just so weird for it to be announced this far out. Yes, 100%. Mm-hmm. And again, just to play devil's advocate to your point, just to play the other side of it, is yep. it could just be the aspect that... He's guaranteed them no amount of money. Um, And honestly, it could be the aspect of Triple H is starting to get a little bit more control than what he used to have. Well, if if that is the case, like Dean Ambrose is a Triple H guy. Yeah, exactly. So this, like, it it seemed very respectful. If it's true, Mm -hmm. it seemed very respectful the way that the post was done. Definitely. The wording they used. They used his real name. They wished him all the best and stuff like that. So. It could just be that um, it could just be that it's Triple H getting more control of the company. Yep, uh, it could be. It could be. We'll just have to wait a few months to see. But one thing that we do know is guaranteed is Hideo Itami has been released by the WWE. He asked for his mm-hmm. release. I believe it was uh, last night. What, what's last night? The 29th? Yeah, last yes. night on the 29th, he uh, was released from his contract after 205 Live aired. Uh, he sent out a, a tweet saying, thank you in all caps, changed his name back to Kenta. One has to assume he's probably on his way out to New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, to probably take back over over there. God knows they could use the talent after All Elite Wrestling leaving with all that talent. Apparently, um, though, too, they're still, All Elite is still going to work with NJPW is a that little tr- bit. Uh, okay, a little bit, right? But they're not going to be there. Reading, their focus I was reading sort about thing, it, yeah. Right? Yeah, they're going to no, be coming like, over for, like, uh, occasional matches and, like, you know, but, big moments and Wrestle Kingdom and all that stuff, right? It's like the way that ROH works with TNA or okay. ROH works with uh, NJPW. So they're still like affiliated. That, right? It still means we can get some cool matches, but they're not actually going to be showing up on a weekly yes. basis for their their program or whatever. No. Okay. No. Gotcha. Um, and one last thing when talking about some superstars and some potential contract disputes, uh, this could just be me reading into things way too much, but there is obviously a lot of talk going on inside of WWE 
with superstars leaving and all that. So Nakamura's tweet last night, literally just saying WCW after that god awful booking on SmackDown Live. Not even not even that it was god awful booking. It was just more so that it was uh, a botched finish that did not get resolved right away and turned into a cluster f. You know. Um, so yeah, Nakamura tweeting WCW. Am I overreading into it, man? Do you think I am, or is there something more there? I don't think it's anything. Okay. All right. Me just I being a I mark. I don't really think <laughs> it's much. I think it's, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a cluster. It was um, not, I don't know, even like, because it couldn't have been meant to happen, right? That's the good like, question. It, it, that's the tough thing is like, we uh, never know with WWE because yeah. it's, it's scripted, right? Yeah. Like it's predetermined. So it's the aspect of, but there's also a lot of talk that uh, referees no longer in like matches like that, especially in the big, big matches, but refs don't know who's. Like, yes. Know I have heard that as well. Yeah. That referees uh, are, are meant matches. to go out there and call it right down the middle and whatever happens. As happens. if it's a real fight. So like, yeah. you know, I, I totally get that. And that's, if that was the way WWE was trying to book it last night, they did an excellent job in making me believe that it was a botched finish. My heart and soul believes that it was a botched finish, though. Oh, <laughs> like, if, if, yeah, if they, <laughs> like, that yeah. Way, if they booked it that way, our truth is the greatest actor of all time. Yeah, because, no, because like, he played it off like he had no idea what happened. Yeah. Like, he tried to hit a move after yeah, exactly. he kicked out. Shinsuke and couldn't like, believe that it happened. It, it was a very weird finish. But anyways, we're going to break that all down. But mm-hmm. now that we have kind of touched over all that stuff, uh, got over the, all the contract and the new stuff, let's touch on Monday Night Raw here, my friend. So we started off the night with Seth and Triple H coming on down to the ring, and then Dean Ambrose shortly followed. Seth Rollins is the winner of the 2019 Men's Royal Rumble and has to make a decision tonight on Monday Night Raw who he was going to face. Would it be the vegan Daniel Bryan, or would it be Brock Lesnar? Um I like the segment to open up the show. It it provided a good flow, provided a good overarching story for the night. And what did you think? I liked it a lot. Um, the entire segment was good. I liked Triple H coming out, seeming like he was like a major mentor to Seth. He was like a proud father figure to Seth type yeah. thing. Like it was, it was nice that way. Uh, was it was a like little weird? Religion. Was it a little weird though, considering their history? It's like that's where you just have to ignore that because you have history, right? Like it's that's what it is. But at the same time, three weeks ago or four weeks ago, whatever it was, Triple H got this new Seth Rollins out of him, right? True, true. Or brought the old Seth Rollins. I I knew what you meant there. Yeah, he got he got the new but old Seth Rollins out. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the aspect of like if we were gonna criticize like their history having any play in this it's like well why did that factor in like why didn't that factor in two three four weeks ago whatever it was yeah, um definitely but i did like the whole segment i thought it was good i really liked dean in this segment i thought like i said earlier it was the the best i've seen him as a hail okay yeah like, i i I'd absolutely felt, agree with that yeah he felt the most comfortable He's been as a heel. To you want to know why? Because there was no hokey crap going on. He wasn't coming yeah. out with gas masks on or is trying to cut a weird promo, trying to get the crowd to hate him. No, he was just mm-hmm. being a dick and a heel who had a mission. 
right? Oh, That's, one of the best lines. Yeah. The best lines. Like, you got to check with your father-in-law first before you make that match. And yeah. the crowd popped. It was awesome. And Great line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was, but that's a heel. Like he's just a dick. Yep. Which is great. I love it. I loved that, and I thought that it was the most comfortable that he's been as a heel to this point. So I was very excited for Dean Ambrose this week, which is why I got really upset at the end of the match when he got interrupted. Mm-hmm. Um, I was intrigued to see what he was going to say. Yeah, I was too, I was and I think that's good. That. I think that's really good to hear because. People saying that they they care uh, about what Dean Ambrose has to say. That's really something that we have not heard people say in a little bit, right? Uh Like uh, people were basically complaining about his heel turn, not really caring about the character. Um, But yeah, for me in this segment, it was actually really interesting to watch because it reminded me back to, I think it was their 2015 feud that Seth and Dean had. Uh, And (laughs) now the roles are reversed. Dean is the heel. Exactly. And Seth is the face with a baby face Triple H. I just thought it was really cool to see those dynamics yeah. be completely reversed. Good little bit of storytelling there. Like you said, the match was good. Um, but getting interrupted by Nia Jax, I got to pass this question to you. With seeing all the the Nia Jax uh, physicality right now, you know, Randy Orton RKOing him or her, uh, Dean Dolph Ziggler uh, delivering a super kick during the Royal Rumble, and now her coming down and getting in Dean Ambrose's face. Ray hit face. a six one nine. Ray hit well, a six one nine. Yeah. Yeah. So with all that physicality, are we approaching a uh, what's the word for it? intergender division somehow, or or is it just going to be intergender matches end up happening, or are they just going to do little tiny bits like this where they cross over and they kind of get in each other's face? Threaten physicality, but nothing ends up coming to it. So the tough thing with um the tough thing with WWE and intergender wrestling yes. is because it's a nationally televised audience and it is a widely popular audience with children. Yes. The tough thing with intergender matches is there's even if you're not intending to, even if you take the highest amount of safety about it, they're promoting intergender uh, like violence. Yes, and, and which I, is very tough to a, do properly. Mm-hmm. It's a I very think that tough. They thing. will find a way. Um, they can't have threats of it. They can't make it seem like super threatening. It almost needs to be like, listen, this is a sanctioned match. This is what's happening. It's it's what it is, right? Yes, I agree. And it's funny because you see it all the time on the indies, all the time, and some amazing matches. Oh, God, yeah. Matches. I, I think it was, uh, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but Keith Lee versus Mia Yim or whatever her name was, like uh, Jade, I think, beforehand, they had some great matches on the indie scene, if I'm remembering them correctly. Like, yeah, there was a lot yeah. of Mia Yim is like very behind this because yeah. apparently she must love being in intergender matches. Well, and, um, and it totally makes sense when you have characters like Nia Jax, like uh, like Becky Lynch, even you know, you or Charlotte, these women who look like they could legitimately go right into the men's division and take right over, right? Yeah. Like it's it is interesting to see where they move in that direction. But I hundred percent agree with you saying that it's going to be tough for it to become a thing because you have this whole mixed match challenge and that was like a step in that direction of getting them closer. But I thought we were going to draw the line kind of with that. 
maybe that we start to see like mixed match challenge end up being there can be physicality between the male and the females in those types of matches but not straight up tagging in like you know kind of like a same rule you got five seconds to get out of the ring for your part your uh, partner to get in the ring when you know like the male tags out and the female comes mm. in but there still might be physicality in those matches right between male and female superstars i could see that end up happening but a whole feud built around a legitimate physical male beating up a female i don't know I don't know. It, it it will be tough to see feuds happen, but I think that we might see matches here and there. Um, it'll it's tough because this is how WWE used to do their intergender matches or their intergender violence was very disrespectful, right? Yeah, it was Bubba Ray power bombing Lita through a table because she's there. Yeah. It was it just was, straight up violence against women. It was just violence <laughs> against women, right? Like, it, it really like, was, yeah. It was just like super kick a woman because she's there. Now it's like, oh, super kick a woman because if I don't, she's just like she's just like Randy Orton. She's just like Samoa Joe. Like she could beat me in this match. She could gotcha. beat me gotcha. this, right? Because this current and also the other aspect is this current batch of wrestlers is the most talented batch of wrestlers we've ever seen. It is. Hands down, just as far as, like, in-skill, like, in-ring skill from, like, selling, athleticism, things like that, especially on the women's side. So it's like, well, why not use that as an opportunity? But again, for WWE, the main thing is going to be trying to find a way to ensure that it's not seeming like they're promoting violence against women. Violence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, like, yeah, absolutely difficult. Not even just violence against women. It's violence against men too, right? Like having, like where, like, because you know that you might see certain times where a woman will be attacking a man mm-hmm. and the man doesn't want to hit back. Yes. Like there's that possibility in a storyline for WWE that it's that. And then it's like, well... It's just such a fine It's a fine line. line. Yeah, it's a fine line. Very tough and it's a slippery goddamn slope. It is. And you know you know there's going to be fan backlash. You know the publicly traded company will take a hit every mm-hmm. time you have a male beating up a female on TV. The first thing I did on Monday morning was search Nia Jax um on google because i wanted to see what was it like if there was any backlash a lot of it there hadn't been yet okay Uh, a lot of it a lot of the news stuff that popped up that i saw when i had searched it was just is wwe heading toward intergender wrestling okay so so fans seem to be fairly open to the idea then right Mm. like fans of wrestling i think are so on board with it i mean i'm on board with it you're on board. not the fans of wrestling they have to worry yes it really is fans of wrestling understand it we understand that it's fine yep because it's wrestling Mm -hmm. it's the parents of children watching the people who don't watch wrestling the people in today's society that like to make everything a bigger deal and want to go over the top about it and they've never seen a wrestling match in their life or they think they know what wrestling's about and then they go oh this is just promoting violence against women and it's like well there's a lot more to it there is a lot more to it there's that there's the children that watch it 
that very parents, influential children, by the way, I might add. Yes. Very yes. influential. And where the parents of those children walk into the room and usually are okay with their kids watching wrestling. And then all of a sudden walk in and see like Dolph Ziggler super kicking Nia Jax. Yep. And it's what that's not good. Or like a Thez press of someone just beaten down, like that type of thing. Well, even, right? even if you go Brock into it Lesnar like this. Brock Lesnar laying elbows in. Yeah, like if you go into it like this, the people who are there live in attendance for the Royal Rumble, imagine, you know, I, there's probably a bunch of parents who took their children for a Christmas present, right? At the Royal mm -hmm. Rumble in January, end of January. Absolutely. There's a lot, oh, 100%. Of, lot of Christmas presents there that night. How many of those parents do you think legitimately sit down and watch wrestling every single week? Very, very few. Oh. No, I know when and, I was a kid oh God. and I got tickets, same my parents took me to shows, never watched it. Yeah. No, they so like a parent who happens because I, I remember this conversation. I'm gonna take it back to my childhood as well. My parents walked down when there was like a strip tease going on or something like that with WWE in the early days, right? And Classic. my mom immediately was like, I don't not sure if I feel I really want you watching this the show. And that's always stuck with me because that's all it takes for one parent to tell another uh, another kid that they can't watch wrestling anymore. That's literally yeah. all it takes. Um, and so you do have to be careful because one parent could walk in and see Nia Jax getting RKO'd and super kicked and be like, uh, what are they promoting here? And then shut the TV off for the kid. Now, most people understand that wrestling nowadays is not real. And so that they kind of have a loophole and a way out with that. But hey, or scripted, I should say, instead of not real. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What do you uh, say? The match itself. Yeah. Nia and Tamina beat. Mickey and Alexa right call. to qualify right call. for the uh, elimination tag, mm -hmm. um, elimination chamber tag titles match. It was good. It was fine. Um, fine match, yeah. The right, the right yeah. team call or the right team won uh, simply because yeah. Nia Jackson. and The better Tamina, option of the two teams. Yeah, they're the they're going to be the the brute enforcers inside the elimination chamber. They're going to exactly. be probably the final two team. I would say probably the team that Sasha Banks and Bailey are going to have to overcome to win the tag team championships. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be good to have a big team like that in there. Good, mm -hmm. right call. Yeah, it's unfortunate it was over Mickey Bliss, Mickey Bliss, <laughs> Mickey James, Mickey Bliss. and Alexa Bliss. It's unfortunate that they had to be on the losing side of things, but it at least made me buy into the match. I thought either team could have won, so it was the right call, though. Um, Angle versus Corbin. What do you think? Um, intriguing because it did kind of feel like Angle was gonna get some redemption, and then just didn't. Yeah, lost clean i saw um, this coming out from a mile away man uh with baron it's, it's corbin it's fine yeah. it's fine though because uh like who needs the win more right corbin. Like, yep corbin angle's not gonna push for a world title ever again no offense to angle he's he's not he's past that right yep. he might get a tag title here or there he might get a mid-card title type thing but i don't think he's gonna be like he could be a universal champion yeah whereas definitely a younger not. A younger, newer talent like Corbin, especially the level of heel that Corbin is, he can build to that for sure. Because the mo he, you know what he's like. We, I think we've talked about this before. You might have said it a couple times. Corbin is like a modern day JBL. Yep. He would be an okay world champion. I don't think he would be anything stellar. But the fans would hate him as champion so much that if you just wanted your world champion to be hated, it makes it interesting. Because there's a difference between 
a champion being hated and like the fans hating the fact that that person's your champion that's better than them just not really caring. Mm-hmm. And, like, here's the thing. Like, with Baron Corbin also, the reason why fans really started to turn on him was because he was in, like, every single segment before as the general mm-hmm. manager. It seemed like he was everywhere. And no offense to Corbin, he's not char- charismatic enough to be everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he is a very good talent. Don't get me wrong. I've been high on Baron Corbin since he's been called up from NXT. You know that. Great move set. Uh, great move set. Yeah, we're, we're very high on his move set there. Probably one of the best ones in WWE. He needs to add in a few power moves still. Yeah. Um, but you know what? Other than that, like, Baron Corbin, he's got a lot of potential still, and he's starting to settle into that role. We've been saying that for a long time. This is the version of Baron Corbin that they've kind of wanted all along, this annoying pest who is, you know, can back it up in the ring. And he proved that. He beat Kurt Angle, right? That's not a nothing thing. Yes, Kurt Angle is towards the end of his career. Yes, Kurt Angle is being played off as maybe this being his swan song of a match. But he beat Kurt Angle. That's a huge win. Yep. Uh, But yeah, do you think that's Angle's last match or do you think we see more from him? Uh, I think that we see more. I just don't know what or how. I think he gets one more rivalry that finishes him. I'd like to see his uh, whole thing with Jason Jordan wrap up in some way. I really would love to see Jason Jordan come back as a heel. Um, and that, like, it, it's if, funny yeah. because he could come back and they could just not touch on the fact that like the sun thing and nobody would care. I disagree with that. I think everybody people, will be bringing that up. People would bring it up. People would bring it up, but after a couple, after a month, even I don't think anyone would really care. Eh, They'd be like, it was a stupid storyline anyway. So then I don't know. I think I bet you. On. I bet you people want to see that match more than you think. I don't know. I'm invested in it. I've been a hundred percent. I've been wanting to see, see it. it. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, if they, they could bring him back and just not touch on that at all, and people wouldn't go over the top about be like oh god that's such bull it wouldn't be as big of a backlash as what you would think I think you're wrong there (laughs) I don't think so man I think people would just be like well that's stupid that whole point that whole is pointless but it's not going to affect anything like they're not going to be like I'm not watching WWE now they're not going to be outcry like there's not going to be a huge outcry of oh Jason Jordan but from a standpoint of Jason Jordan okay it would help yeah, you're telling me that you're telling me that if they if he came back and they just didn't really touch on that at all and they didn't have him go heel, they didn't have like that whole storyline, whatever play out, and Jason Jordan just went on about his career a different way, you would be like, this stupid product. I'm not watching it. I oh want god, that I'm not. I'm not going to say anything. I'm like, I'm. So I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. You're going on two ends of the spectrum, though. I I don't think. Uh, you're realizing how many people actually did care about Jason Jordan when he was around there. People hated him, but people booed him because there was something going on there, and people were invested in the storyline. And I guarantee if he were to come back, the amount of comments, the amount of articles, the amount of gifts, the amount of references to Kurt Angle, it wouldn't never die. And so it does need to be mentioned. It, you can't just bring back a plot hole that big, right, and not explain where you're going. I, I really think that if he is to come back, they need to address the situation. If it doesn't end up with the match, I see what you're saying there. Like, if this doesn't forward yeah. into a match, that's fine. But they, they can't just bring back Jason Jordan and not address this whole storyline that is literally all his character is known for, right? He's known for American Alpha and being Kurt Angle's son. 
Yes, but they don't need to play into that. They don't need to lean back into that storyline. No, 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 no. They don't need to lean into the storyline. That's what I'm saying. He could just come back and they could just be like, oh, Jason Jordan's back from okay, injury. Okay, so, so that if is. If it gets brought up that he's Kurt Angle's son, they don't run from it. They just be okay. like, yeah, what? So what? Like, what are you talking? I'm doing my own thing. Kurt's gone, right? Like, Kurt's already retired. He's gone. Okay, so I'm okay with that. Actually addressing the storyline. The way that you were pointing it out, it, it yeah. kind of made no, it they seem don't, like they, they don't were... need to address it. They could just, like, have him come back, and then if it gets brought up, it's brought up. Okay. If it doesn't, it's not, right? Because that's the thing. It's like coming back from an injury and just being, saying, like, that for you, right? Like, you would have to be like, oh, I am... He doesn't have to come back out and be like, Jason Jordan is back. Kurt Angle's son. Okay, no. yeah, I see what the you're saying. The first promo there. he cuts, someone, he doesn't have to come out against Dean Ambrose, and Dean doesn't have to be like, go cry to your daddy, Kurt. No, like, just have him have a normal feud. Have him have normal matches. Have him gain traction in a different way that he can. And if it's brought up, it's brought up. Okay. They could do that, and I don't think it would be that big of a deal. Some people would be disappointed because they were probably really fantasy booking the aspect of oh i want to see him go heel and beat down on kurt and he's the guy that takes out kurt whatever okay i just i would just like to see consistent storytelling going across and continuation of stories so hopefully i i'd like that brought in if he was brought back to wwe it needs to be mentioned in my honest opinion at some way along the line. But obviously two different opinions on it. That's why you listen to the Con and Bob podcast, correct? <laughs> uh, all right, let's go on to the next match here. We got Finn Balor getting beat up by Bobby Lashley. Um, definitely our next feud for the Intercontinental Championship. Step back for Finn Balor? Yeah, it, I think. It's tough because it's like, oh, this would have been great if Lashley was already the champion for three yeah. months yeah because like finn right? balor's not winning this feud right no he's he's coming out of it losing to bobby lashley as well it because it, you're not you're not just going to take the title off lashley after you've built him up all this time exactly and finn balor unfortunately it sucks to say he can afford the loss because he's got the fan support bobby lashley is walking a tight line right now with fan support and actual go away heat um so you can't take the title off him right now, especially when he's finally settling into a good role. But also, it hurts Finn Balor with a loss to Bobby Lashley. Mm-hmm. I, I really don't know why this was the next feud needed. I, we could have seen something else, somebody else step up, like Apollo Crews versus Bobby Lashley. Why wasn't that leaned into maybe a little more? I know that he beat I, him I clean, really was hoping that but, they were going to. Yeah. Like, I thought that was probably the next step that they were going to take. Maybe this ends up being some sort of weird triple threat match that you give Apollo the the loss to. You could, I guess, save Finn Balor somehow. But it's a little weird going from the Universal Championship, dropping all the way down to the United States Championship, and or uh, Intercontinental Championship, and still being very much counted out right away. Like, Finn Balor, I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel with him right Especially now. Especially giving Brock his, like, other than his losses, obviously, giving like, hardest time, it seemed like. Like, he, like, Brock used the Kimura and, to beat him out of, like, desperation, it looked, right? Like, it was one of those things where, and they played it up, like, Finn Balor could have very easily won this match. Like, he could be the universal champion right now. He had basically has Brock Lesnar's number other than the fact that Brock got him in a Kimura. Yep, that was the only thing that beat him. So it to me it's a step back. He 
He looks weak. Yeah. He got beat up by staring into Bobby Lashley's face. You know, yes, he was hurt, right? But, like, literally, they were staring each other down, and he didn't see the attack coming. Barely fought back. You know, it's it's a little weird. It's some poor booking for Finn Balor, in my honest opinion. He probably should have moved up to what seems like a uh, a non-title feud, you know? Try yeah. to get him over. I don't know who that could have been against. You start naming people on the roster. It could be Dean. It could be... Uh, we've, yeah, we've... like it could. I don't know. There's no one really that's like a main. Like I want to see Finn Balor and Owens when he comes back. Let's let's get that feud. That would be a good. Yeah, that would be great. You when can make it a back, good personal like, feud, but it's it's still way way. Yeah, like yeah, I don't know what you do with Finn Balor right now. That is a really. I would have wrote him place. off TV for a few weeks. Yeah, break. Have him get Just his arm have him broken. A break, right? Yeah, like write him off TV for a few weeks, maybe till after Elimination Chamber. Give him the month off, and then come back. Not, not every superstar needs to be a t- on TV every single week. Uh-huh. We WWE overbooks their TV with like the same superstars all the time. It's mm-hmm. nice to see you know like people like Dana Brooke get an opportunity. People like Apollo Crews coming up on the show. Kurt Hawk and Zack Ryder, Mojo Raleigh. Right, so like there is WWE starting to filter in other talent, but your mm-hmm. roster is so deep, you don't have to have the same stars over and over again. I mean, he, Finn Balor just had a match against Brock Lesnar where he got tapped out. He should be off for at least a week. Sell mm-hmm. the injury, right? Make it seem even like if he they got wanted to have him come out and just have him come out in like a sling and be like, "Listen, like I gave it my if best. You... I love all of you for yeah. supporting me. Whatever." And then he just walks off. Yeah, if and he, he's off for two weeks. If you had him come out in a sling, it would have been easy to sell the attack on Bobby Lashley. You know, of course he's not going to fight back, right? Yeah. If you wanted Bobby Lashley to go out there and beat him up, have Finn Balor come out in a sling, sell that injury of the Kimura lock. It makes Brock Lesnar look even more dangerous, and then makes Bobby Lashley look like an even bigger dick for coming out and attacking a man who's got one arm. Like, yeah. that, that could have been booked a lot better. That was not a very good segment, in my opinion. No. But... The end result of a match between Bobby Lashley and Finn Bauer should be a decent match. Yeah, it should be a good match. Yep. It's just, it's the booking aspect, it's weird. It is weird. All right, let's go on here because we're going to be a long podcast here today. <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, rush through because I, I don't have a crazy amount of time. All either. right, let's get rolling through here. So Elias turned heel. Uh, weird, but he is better as a heel. It's just weird that WWE turned him so quickly when the fan support was behind him. Yeah, it was just kind of weird and like quick, and it didn't. Like I guess have people pointed behind out. It. Yeah, sorry to interrupt, but people pointed out at the Royal Rumble that that was officially his heel turn, and tonight was just kind of the continuation of it. You could look at it that way, but I would argue to say that this was more so his official heel turn on yeah. Monday Night Raw. Um, things I will say that I liked about the segment, though, I loved Road Dog. I always love hearing him come out. Uh, Jeff Jarrett being a part of Monday Night Raw now, looks like it, Mm -hmm. and I wonder if Elias is going to start to become kind of the guy who feuds with older legends. I would be totally okay with that. Him smacking Classic Randy Orton legend killer. Yeah, like smacking guitars over their backs for fun, a little bit of a honky-tonk man, you know? Like, I'm down for that. Um, I also laughed my ass off. When Renee Young did not know the lyrics to the song, and Corey Graves, I I need the gif of this man, because Corey Graves just points out from behind Michael Cole and starts pointing and laughing right in her face. It was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Like I couldn't believe it. Renee Young got exposed big time. Holy. <laughs> yeah. I uh, uh, yeah, it was a good segment. I don't know. I, Elias is great as a heel. He was also doing great as a face. So yep. it's. He's it gonna, just seemed weird quick. 
he's going to do well as a heel again. He's going to go back to getting those cheap boos. Like, I think they turned him face just mere weeks after that insane, like, uh, pop, or not pop, but, like, he got booed out of the building with Kevin Owens. Do you remember that? When that, mm-hmm. like, they were booing him for, like, 10 minutes straight, it seemed, because he made some sort of comment to their sports team. But he's going to go back to doing that, and he's really good at it. It's going yeah. to be good, I think. Uh, okay, though. Riot Squad defeating Natalia and Dana Brooke. I liked that it was Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan winning this yep. match. Good book. Good match. Uh, seeds for a potential Dana Brooke and Natalia team slash feud moving forward. I don't know which way they're going to go with that. But it, there's it something. It seemed more feud, but yeah, it was, yep. it was fine. I mean, and honestly, on the surface, Natalia and Dana Brooke, that wouldn't actually be a bad tag team. You know, you could roll with it. No. Like, they're both not great no, not on the microphone, all. but, I mean, Natalia would be a good mentor for Dana Brooke. They both yep. kind of are very similar uh, build-wise. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It'd be a good tag team. I'd like to see them be maybe a tag team in development where they start to have some issues with each other, but they work through it, maybe. Yeah. Uh, it's something. It's some sort of depth, at least, for the women's division on Monday Night Raw, which is what they badly needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ronda Rousey's first promo. Want to talk? Uh, touch on that? I don't. She. It, <laughs> that's it. Like, that's, that's it. You sound favorite. like Ronda Rousey. <laughs> that was her promo. That was literally yeah. her promo. It's oh. not good. Um, stop giving her so much mic time. She's not as scary as she seems. This when was the she's... first promo. This was her first promo. You're talking about, correct? Uh, just any promo. Oh, you didn't like the second half of her promo. I didn't think. Oh, okay. Great. All right. All right. Let's hear from you then. I didn't think either of them were great. I don't think that she's that good on the mic. I think that they should have spent more because they know that she could go in the ring. The major thing in the ring was make sure that you don't hurt who you're fighting. Mm-hmm. The thing that they should have focused on is learn how to act, learn how to sell it. Okay. Right? Like learn how to be a character, the character Ronda Rousey, and se- or mean what you're saying. Okay, because right? I felt like she meant what she was saying the second half. It was almost like I saw a transformation in Ronda Rousey that, like, every week we see on her, her on her screen, she gets better in some way. Like, if you look at this promo compared to a promo a month ago, it is, it's better. Um, mm-hmm. she, she got caught up with the fans in the first promo, there's no doubt. Yes, 100%. But in, in my honest opinion, that is probably going to do so much better for Ronda Rousey in the future because, one, it's a memorable moment, right? But two, it's almost like you can see it was the turning point where Ronda Rousey said, screw these fans. Yeah. Right? It, you saw that where they're so in support of Becky. You got a heel in Ronda Rousey now. And when she snapped at the end, now I know she's not officially a heel, but when she snapped at the end, you saw the potential for what she could do when she is an angry badass. A, she needs to be one with less words. I agree because she doesn't necessarily sound super fluent on the microphone. But yes. That's it, my major thing. If they can start to figure out how to write a heel promo for Ronda, I think she can really deliver it because she showed me in a few seconds there towards the end that she's got something. She does have something there when it comes to the mic. Just need to learn how to unlock it. If they had a Heyman-esque person for her... Oh, my God. Amazing. Would because be so then good. she's just scary, right? Mm. Like, she's not scary. I don't find her intimidating when she's holding up her title and she's doing that, like snarl look through her like whatever through her eyebrows look i don't find her scary intimidating there i find her intimidating when she's in the ring or when she's beating someone down 
that's when it's intimidating. Have her do that. Have someone be a mouthpiece for her or have her like she sound the most sincere she sounds and the best she sounds is when she is just like really kind. She's Rhonda, right? Like she seems pretty chill and kind. But also she can't go over the top with words, I think. Like you were saying, too many words is She has too many too- words in her promos. Uh like the the thing is with Rhonda right now is I think WWE is so scared for her to go out there without a script because she has mm-hmm. shown that she cannot adapt to like a changing promo. That was proof literally like on Raw. Stop giving her yeah. so many stop giving her so many promo spots a week. Yep, but I understand that there is also only one way that you get better is by going out there and learning, right? And mm-hmm. she creates a response no matter what and I think fans are willing to give her the benefit of the doubt at least because she has not been doing this her whole life, right? She's only been here for a year. So fans are willing to give her the benefit of the doubt, but she was exposed by Becky Lynch when it comes to the microphone last night. However, when they were, or two nights ago, however, when they were having the stare down, uh, Rhonda did not look out of place at all, even though Becky Lynch had that cocky, smug look on her face. There was... Yeah, Becky will always look better in the ring, right? Like... You will. Um, I think a good way that they could do it is if they continued on with this moment of bliss and didn't let it get interrupted seconds into it every time. But if they legitimately had... Like, that would be a great promo, I think, because it would be Alexa controlling the promo for Ronda and Ronda being able to just react, essentially. Maybe. Yes, have her scripted a bit. I think it would work better that way, but obviously you can't so do that. So are week. you wanting to see more of, like, I, I'm trying to figure out where you're going with this. Are you trying to see more of a babyface Ronda? Because you said you like her when she's uh, soft-spoken, more sincere. I didn't say that I like her more that way. I said that she sounds the best when she's that way. Okay, but what do you think? Not when she's, like, like begging, like how she was with Sasha. When she's just sincere, when she's just Ronda. Right. Okay. So you don't like think that they should she, move her into a, a a more heel role? You don't think that? No, I think I think she would be a. You know what I think is going to be best for her when she is a full blown heel and Shayna Baszler's up. Well, that's the thing. That could be a long time away. Do you think they should move her into a heel though with this program? I think they should. Yeah, she should be the heel yeah. against Becky a hundred percent. Oh yeah, like they they should 100%. fully lean in on this heel. She should snap. The fans turned on her. Like, that's the whole reason she left UFC. The fans turned on her. Lean into that. Like, have you've got a story promos, there. Have her promos be physical. As weird as that sounds, have it be like nine times out of ten, someone's needing to break the, her up from some... Like, that's an easy way to make her feel, yep. Right? Like, yep. exactly how Brock Lesnar is. Like, you don't want to get in the face of Brock Lesnar and because you're going to get beat down. Right? I agree. You're going to get beat down. People are going to come out and try That's to That's another you. thing. That's another thing WWE has kind of messed up here, and it was even exposed in the Bailey match. You're having superstars who lose to mid-carters in the women's division, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Bailey has lost to Ruby Riot. She's lost to, like, people like that. Um, people who have shown not to have a chance against, really, Ronda Rousey, and then you go in there and have Bailey literally take her to her end, like, the furthest she could possibly go. I think that it's, was just so that they could have a It's Bailey a good match. Version. Yeah, but like that's one of those things that you got to be careful with how you're booking Ronda Rousey. You're 100%. she cuz you wouldn't do that to Brock Lesnar. Right? No. You, you, no, think about that. Like if you want to make the comparison to Brock Lesnar, 
you would not have a mid-carder go in against Brock Lesnar and push him right to his edge, right? You have people yeah. who are... Well, I guess I guess you could consider Finn Balor was a little bit of a, a mid-carder, but he's a former Universal Champion. He's got the merit, right? To go yeah. in there and take him to his edge. Same with AJ Styles, took him right to his edge. It would be like having Rusev go against Brock Lesnar and push him to his edge. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, I don't know. I can, I don't buy it's, that. It's like you're like, yeah, 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 maybe for the match you'd like to see it, but is it really, really viable? No. So yeah. that's a really good one. I like I like that comparison. So you got to be right. careful with what they're doing with that. But, yeah, let's move on. Um. Okay, so, yeah, Bailey ended up losing to Ronda Rousey in the Women's Championship match. Uh, mm-hmm. One last little touch there. When Becky Lynch came out, she and Bailey delivered the four horsewomen sign to each other, but it was not caught on TV. Love that. I want to see more of that with wrestlers interacting with each other, each other that doesn't make actual TV. Right? Just little things. Yeah. Um, okay, so what was the next segment? Strowman versus McIntyre, if I'm correct? Uh, I think so. Did we skip over Revival, or was that later? I think that is... Oh, man, I'm trying to... Skip right through this. Uh, where is the revival? I have no idea. <laughs> Did I not mark this down? Weird. All right. Well, revival versus Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins, though. Um. Oh, we totally did skip over it. It was right before the last heel turn. Okay. Yep. It was short but sweet. Revival one. Uh, probably the right call. I like Ryder and Hawkins as a team, and. The pop for Hawkins will be massive when he wins eventually. Finally wins. Yeah, it's because yep. uh, they could have done a couple things with this. They could have won, and then they could have just kept winning, like how the B team did, right? They could have. I'm glad that they, they're going to put this off, though. It's going to build yeah. fan support. It was one week yeah. after making the tag team brought back. A lot of the fans who are watching the product never even knew that they used to be a tag team. Um, yeah, even though they've mentioned it a thousand times, well, the broadcast team. Yeah, but like, you know... <laughs> um, so yeah. Uh, anyways, back on to Strowman versus McIntyre. Meh. Fine, I guess. Strowman does nothing for me right now. It's... I'm confused yeah. by the whole thing, like the Corbin thing. Yep, it's a step Again. back from McIntyre. It's uh, it's it... it's not even a step back. It's literally what we saw a month ago. Yeah. Two exactly. Ago. Yep. Yeah. Uh, they're they're not going to be any better off for it. I don't know where they're going with it. It's just a bunch of big men that you threw in there to beat each other up. It's not the spot McIntyre needs to be in. He should have been past this. He should be in a singles program right now or at least something for Elimination Chamber. Like, I don't know what it is, but not good. Not good at all. Okay, Seth Rollins choosing Brock Lesnar and getting absolutely beat to piss by him. What was it, five F5s? One on the title? Like, oh my God. Uh, but yeah, Rollins has a fearless baby face. Brock Lesnar is a beast. Not really much more else to touch on that except for... I liked it. That's going to be a good match come WrestleMania. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Seth winning is going to be great yeah. if, as long as he wins. If he doesn't, it's fine too, I guess. But do you think I they Do you think they actually go through with the match of Lesnar versus Rollins or does somebody take the title off Lesnar along the way? The tough thing is who takes the title off him. Do you think it would be somebody like McIntyre? Or do you think maybe Balor goes back up with another chance somehow in Demon Paint this time? The only person that I would be okay with is Balor. Or, like, someone returning. Because we've seen Seth versus Drew. Yes, we have. A full program. Yes, we have. Long. Um, 
like to have Braun do it would just be no thanks. Weird. No thanks. <laughs> um, Corbin isn't ready yet. I don't think. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. It just seems like there, there's maybe... really nobody else, is there? I think this yeah. is a product of WWE spending most of uh, 2016 and 2017 building up Roman Reigns. Unfortunately. No, it's also there's that, but also poor injuries. Oh yeah, the injuries. Yeah, poor injuries. Sammy, Sammy, and KO being out. Mm -hmm. Literally, those are two top card guys that you could use at any moment. Yeah, very true. Yeah, so it's a combination of those. But yeah, like it it does go back to WWE. They just didn't build up their roster correctly for about two years there, and now we're starting to see the unfortunate side effects that once you do have injuries at the top, it makes it um, pretty apparent. When it comes to the main yeah, event it, scene. And in order for it not to be like Brock will draw a crowd regardless, which is great. But at WrestleMania, he'll probably still have a match yep. regardless. He should. Yeah. He should have like a five, 10 minute match. Just one of his amazing. But if you want to make it real big, if you want to make it real big, it's going to be like Brock versus like John Cena or Brock versus like the rock or something. Huge Brock like versus that. rock like, would be cool. I'd, yeah, I'd take, Rock would be amazing. I'd take a five-minute slobber knocker there between The Rock and uh, Brock with a lot of yeah, theatrics. Just, yeah, that's a money match, right? Yep. Like, that's literally money. That that's all it is. But otherwise, you're not going to have Brock versus Braun without the title on the line because nobody cares about Braun. Right, people will still care and you tune could, in for Brock's side. Here's the thing: you could probably uh, get people to care about Braun again if he was going into a non-title match against Lesnar at WrestleMania, because he would get the rub from be- defeating Lesnar. Then that would have to be the the yeah. call. You at that point, if there's no title to keep on Lesnar, you give him the loss. Right, you give Lesnar the loss as long as you can get a superstar to take off from it, because Brock Lesnar's safe. He's the beast. Every time he comes yeah. back, he'll be put right into a feud, and he's going to be the guy expected to win because it's Brock freaking And he'll be the universal champion for another year. Exactly. It's how it goes. I want to switch on over to SmackDown and roll through that quickly. Uh, Becky Ronda, you want to touch? Yeah, Becky Ronda. Um, It was good. Or wait, Becky Ronda. Becky Charlotte. Right? No, Raw. Becky Raw? What the heck are you talking about, Becky Raw? Becky Ronda on Raw. Yeah, we touched about it already, my friend. Talked about it for a good amount. Oh, we talked more so on... We (laughs) talked more so just on the aspect of Rhonda's side of the promo. We didn't really talk about Becky, but... Okay, she was great. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. amazing. I'm excited for the match, except it looks like Charlotte's going to be in it, and that's our transition to SmackDown. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, SmackDown. Good opening segment. I love the sucker punch by Becky Lynch. That was just so much yeah. fun to watch. It's, she's such... She's not a pure baby face. Let's say that right no, now. She she's is stone cold. she's stone cold. She she really is. Uh, but it was a great opening segment. Here's how I would go about this though. Get Becky Lynch like I was saying on this on the live stream last night. You should almost have Becky Lynch versus Charlotte like lean into that for one pay-per-view and have it be like almost Daniel Bryan having to go through Roman Reigns to get to WrestleMania. Or go through John Cena to get to WrestleMania. Do you remember that back a few years ago? Yeah, like they could do one where it's like at a pay per view before WrestleMania. Yeah, so do Becky versus Charlotte for the opportunity. That's exactly where I'm going. Becky's like, I don't care. I'm so I'm so confident in myself. 
I will well, put my title hold up, match hold up, at hold WrestleMania up. Online. Stop right there. Stop right there. Because here is the little story that you could go with it, and it's so easy. Charlotte was the second last person eliminated in the Royal Rumble. Becky Lynch was never officially entered. Mm-hmm. Boom. Right there, Charlotte has a case to win the Royal Rumble. She does. Becky yes. Lynch should not have been in the Rumble. She took a spot that was not hers. That is, like, literally on the surface, Charlotte has a reason to be mad. So you make this at, whether it be Elimination Chamber or Fastlane, you make the match Charlotte versus Becky Lynch with the chance to go on to WrestleMania. Of course you give Becky Lynch the win, but then you open up Charlotte to go face Asuka again at WrestleMania for a rematch and have Asuka go over Charlotte there, and then you fix everything from the previous year's WrestleMania. You're good there. That's that's a simple story. You can get there no problem, and you give them both main event worthy matches. Um, and you and then you get the match that everybody wants to see: Ronda versus Becky. What do you think about that? Yeah, I I hope that's the way that it goes. I'm just worried that they're gonna lean into a triple threat, which would also like the match. Itself the match would be, be great. Good. Oh god! I yeah. just think that it's so annoying that it's like, like if they go triple threat. It's, again, just them being like, listen, we love Becky, but we don't, like, believe that much in her, right? Mm -hmm. It's really where it's the same thing as, like, a Rey Mysterio or a Daniel Bryan-esque thing where it's like, listen, we think that you're great, but But... (laughs) we think Charlotte should be in this match at least, right? Like, Mm -hmm. And it could very well be, at the end of the day, a shot against Ronda. You know, do they not trust Rhonda and Becky to have chemistry in there? Do they not trust Rhonda to be able to deliver in the main event of WrestleMania and deliver a main event quality match, right? One that lives up to the high expectations. Um, So I totally understand their ambition to want to put Charlotte inside that match. 100%. Because it guarantees Becky Lynch and Charlotte will be able to pull off a lot of great moves on each other, and Rhonda can kind of play this badass deliver a bunch of punishment in short bursts, right? That That's what how the match would go down. Yes. Becky and Charlotte would carry most of the match, and Ronda would get her spots in. So yes, I understand. 100%. I understand the want to do that. However, the only way that you make megastars is by taking risks. And this is the year mm-hmm. to take a risk. This is the year. Becky Lynch, Ronda oh, Rousey, yeah. main event, Ronda Rousey loses, puts over Becky Lynch as the face of the company. It has to happen. It, it would be insane. Mm-hmm. If they didn't do that. The other aspect, too, is there's already a built-in storyline with this. There is. They were supposed to fight. Becky got hurt. Mm-hmm. Becky wasn't scared of Ronda. She's, like, the only one who possibly isn't fully scared, right? Like, yep. there's a few people. But it's she's not scared of Ronda. She, and, like, maybe even just do some things where... Like how Charlotte faced like this would be great storytelling one on one against Rhonda if Becky gets out a kendo stick or something right and then just like looks at it and looks at Rhonda and then just like throws it to the side just to be like no I don't need this I'm not Charlotte I'm Becky yeah I can do that'd this. be a and really good story told like yep. just little things like that are amazing um mm-hmm. yeah no Becky's amazing I hope it's a one on one if it's a triple threat the match is going to be amazing yeah it should still main event it just is disappointing if it goes that way because it feels like they're saying listen 
we love you, Becky, but we think that in order for this match to work at its best, it needs Charlotte. Yeah. And I don't think it needs because they wouldn't they would not say that with Charlotte versus Ronda, right? They would yeah, go exactly. ahead. They would go ahead with that match. They would go ahead exactly. Charlotte versus Ronda. Um, exactly. so yeah, it's definitely it could be a little shot at Becky Lynch. I hope to God they see the star they have with Becky and just roll with it because. It, all those people chanting for Becky Lynch at WrestleMania would be phenomenal. And to close the show off with the man standing tall with the title above her head. God, there's no better picture. Exactly. And, and this is literally the most organic main event that you could possibly have in how many, God knows how many years, right? It, when's the last time a main event, main event had like this much potential hype around it? Oh, it's been forever. I... I don't know. I probably couldn't tell you. Yeah, because it, it was Roman Reigns and Undertaker. And that was a main event. Yeah. Like, then there's just Roman Reigns in the main event. Fans didn't care about it. Like, as much as I miss Roman Reigns, and it's very obvious he's missing, um, it, it just, there was no hype surrounding the main event. So this is the year. Make it happen, WWE. Yeah. Make it happen. Uh, R-Truth, new to the United States champion. Uh, botch, you think? Uh either a botch or truth is the best actor on the planet. God. Like I said, it, it was cool yeah, though. Like, like, I mean, I I'm down for it. Like our truth is so oh, incredibly charismatic and fun to watch. And yeah, yeah I'm, down. I'm very excited about it, especially because it also gives Mela more things to do because Mela is great as well. Yes. Um, and She's I, I really like that Rusev came out because they could have been like, Oh, this was messed up rusev go out and start this like and then you win it let but, me know that but so, i like that they kept it on truth i was okay. like that's yes yes great. yes 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 but so with that right there with um with rusev coming out i i just don't know was this a knee-jerk reaction saying like oh crap we just had a really messed up story there go out and turn heel or was this written from the beginning like, i legitimately can't tell like if this was scripted to happen or if oh, it wasn't yeah like i have i don't I have know no idea no, um, I, it seemed at first like it was going to be a, oh, Rusev go out and win the title and then you can lose it back to Shinsuke. Yeah. Uh, as like that type of thing, right? But then I was like, oh, that sucks if they take it off Truth. And then Truth won and I was like, oh, that's amazing. Lean into it. Make it seem that way, right? And then I thought it was just going to leave it at that. And then Rusev turned heel and then like teamed up with Shinsuke. And it was just... I, I do, however, like the potential teaming of Shinsuke and Rusev. I like that it gives them something to it's do. It's something to do. <laughs> it's another tag team in what seems to be like a good tag team division on SmackDown. On SmackDown, amazing tag like, team. Like, I mean, I don't know about you, but Rusev and um and Shinsuke versus the Usos sounds like a very good match. Oh, yes. Like, I, I think that would be a really fun match. Also, them against the bar would be really entertaining. Hell, New Day. Right. You, you can mix them in with anybody, right? Um, But yeah, yeah. Exactly. so like I, I'm excited about that potential teaming. I'm excited about our truth as the United States champion. It was just so incredibly weird to watch happen. Yeah, it was just a weird segment, but I, I like uh, Truth as the champion. I'm intrigued by the teaming. It's yeah, I'm just it is we'll what see. it is, right? Yeah, we'll see. And it's not bad to have things like that where you're like, I don't know exactly. how I feel about it yet. We'll we'll see in the coming I don't even weeks. Know, not know how I feel about it, but also not know what to think of it because that's the thing too with wrestling fans. We get super think because we know that it's it's predetermined we know that it's scripted right stuff like that so we start thinking how would i do it how should they do it this way and then all of a sudden when they do something like this you're like i 
don't know how I would do it because I would have never thought this. So it happened. Yeah. Nope. I, I, yeah, it's, it's fun. It, right. It makes you take a step back and realize, Oh, let me be a fan for a minute. Yeah. And we just, we forget to witness. be fans. Oh my God. We forget to be fans sometimes. Don't yeah, we? We're exactly. so caught up in like everything going on that you know, legitimately, if you take a step back and just enjoy it as a fan and it's exactly. very enjoyable. I, I definitely did that throughout 2018, just taking a little bit of a step back from reading like the dirt sheets and everything. And it was, mm. it just made the product so much more enjoyable. Um, all right. Almost beating up Rey Mysterio. Glad this is happening. Uh, glad that this is going to be a feud moving forward. Cause those two are phenomenal in the ring together. We get to see a full blown program now. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know where this leads. Maybe a ladder match for something. I don't know. Cause like, God damn, these guys are good. My, f- I think it's going to go till WrestleMania. Really? You think this goes all the way till mania? Strictly because when Andrade was standing over top of Ray, the shot that they had was beautiful. Like the camera shot was beautiful. And it was Ray Mysterio on the ground. Andrade standing over him looking menacing and perfectly framed WrestleMania in the back. Was it? Oh, I missed that And I was like... I was watching and I went, that's a great camera shot. That's phenomenal. If they go to WrestleMania, that's the best form of foreshadowing. So camera h- shots are amazing for foreshadowing. Oh, God, are they ever. So I'm wondering, how do you get to WrestleMania? What type of uh, program will we need to see from them? It's going to be tough, but yeah. I think there's going to be some other things in there. I'd right? like to like- see. Hang on. I This could be very fun. I, what about a potential Almas injuring Rey Mysterio? "Quote unquote injuring Rey Mysterio and he comes back for WrestleMania Pro. That could be it, um, or they just do a slow build. Yeah, because for instance, Would have the to be last really segment <laughs> of the night, the last segment of the night, uh, like was great, but like it could you could see Rey go into a main. It could be one of those things that where like Rey goes into a bigger title picture when maybe follows. faces." Maybe faces Daniel Bryan at Fastlane if he's still champion at that time, right? And then it's like, okay, that's great. He loses, obviously, but maybe it's because Almas interferes, something like that. So it's just constant little things, not week to week necessarily, but you know it's lingering. Gotcha. So yeah. that way, I'm down for where that. it's a lingering storyline, and through every couple of weeks, it gets into it again, but they don't have to have matches constantly. Um, or they do something like that where it's like write one of them off for a handful of weeks, like more likely Rey Mysterio, um, and then build to that, right? Yeah, I, I'm down for both ways. It would be very interesting to see how they could drag the feud out all the way to WrestleMania when we've already had uh, essentially three matches between them, three very good matches. Yes. And a two out of three falls match. But I'm glad the feud is continuing. However they continue it, it's going to be excellent. I, I just hope Almas is the one who, or I should just say Andrade, is the one who walks out of the feud as the winner. I would, I'd like I think to see he that. will be, too. He should be. He looks like they're going to push him hard in 2019 here, don't they? Or it ends with Ray turning heel, which would be super weird. That would be weird. No thanks. Not at this point in his career. What? But it, but it could be interesting. For Almas, right? Like turning heel and joining Almas. Okay, okay. It could be interesting. Uh, all right, all right. Break out the WWE 2K19 game a little more often there, bud. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, Miz is finally a face. Good. 
full on oh, his pop his pop yep. for we're in phoenix yep it's amazing that just saying the name of the city you're in can either get you an amazing reaction or a terrible reaction. It really can. We're in Phoenix because as a heel, I know how that would go. He would go, we're in Phoenix. And everyone go, yeah. And then he goes, why are we in Phoenix? They don't deserve us. And then everyone's like, boo. But he's like, we're in Phoenix. They want to celebrate. And everyone's yeah. like, yeah. Yay. We're, city he's a live good near guy. Or, in. Yeah. <laughs> or we're currently in. Yay. Yay. Like, <laughs> we only drove yeah. three hours from here to watch this event. Doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. But he's a face. He's a face. Yep. I love it. I'm excited. Uh, I love that they're teasing. Like what you said, it literally seemed for a moment like Miz was going to turn on uh, or Shane, Shane was going to turn on Miz. There, every single moment of that promo, I thought Shane's turning. Shane could turn right now. Yeah, he could turn right now because he kept saying yeah. this is going to be a yeah. moment you'll never forget. And I'm like, what is going to happen? Is somebody debuting here? Like, is somebody going to take him out? Like, I have no idea. And he was saying it with such menace yeah. in his voice that I was like, <laughs> you know what I laughed oh, though about Shane? You kept looking over at Miz because the camera would keep cutting back to him, right? And then Miz is just standing there, big smile still. He's just like, I don't know what's about to happen, but Shane's not going to turn on me. It's all good. <laughs> but yeah, it, then his dad comes out, and that was just a feel-good moment. It, it, yeah. it pushed him into full-fledged babyface territory. Good moment, um, and now I'm excited to see how this all plays out moving forward. Cause I assume they lose at uh, Elimination Chamber. I assume so as well, and I assume it's probably going to be something to do with... Uh, Shane turning on Miz or the Miz turns on Shane you know I, I don't think this this partnership lasts for more than a month uh, but I it's think gonna Shane be turning on Miz would be better I agree I absolutely agree I think we a haven't baby seen face a, Miz, a true heel Shane in a while and a babyface um, Miz the last time we saw that was when Ric Flair was teaching him how to do the figure four leg lock a long time ago yeah so it's nice to see the Miz get another run as a babyface I think this is the perfect time in his career because he's really respected by the fans now and uh, let's see where it goes. He's the tag Imagine team champion. Imagine it leads to a face Miz versus heel Daniel Bryan. Oh, my God. Please. Please. Yes, I've been saying that. for. That should be the WrestleMania match. That should match. be so good. That, that would be that so be good. That should be the WrestleMania match. It should be that match again, but the flip sides. And it should be the Daniel or the Miz and uh, Shane McMahon blow off should be on like either a SmackDown or Fastlane. on Fastlane. Fastlane, yeah, give her on Fastlane. And then have him just build to WrestleMania against Daniel Bryan, and that's your WrestleMania match. You could have Shane being literally a legitimate heel, put himself in a match against Miz, and say the winner of this goes on to face Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania, and then of course Miz wins, beating Shane. They could literally but... rewrite Daniel Bryan as Miz there, where it's like you have to beat Shane O'Mac at WrestleMania well, in thing. order to put yourself in people, this triple threat. People are starting to realize how damn good the Miz actually is. He's going to oh, have yeah. a phenomenal babyface run here. Like if they choose not to turn him back heel, he's going to have a phenomenal babyface run. Like this might be the chance he gets to actually win the WWE Championship again. Like this is the yeah. character. He's got a chance. Yeah, and um, people will like it and care. Yes, they really um, will. Okay, then right, that, let's move on. Yeah, that takes us on to the Fatal 4-Way Elimination Match. Funny story with this, my friend. Uh, so it was Uso's Heavy Machinery Bar and New Day. Mm-hmm. I missed the thing that said that this was going to be an elimination match. So when Heavy Machinery pinned the New Day, I popped so hard. I totally thought they were getting the Tag Team Championship opportunity. 
<laughs> the funny thing too is when they got up and started celebrating, they were celebrating like they had our like they won it. Yeah. Like I feel like they forgot that it was an elimination match themselves. They might have. They started celebrating like they were like they won. And then we're looking around and they were like raising their arms and then looking around and then realize like, oh, right, this is an elimination match. We got to keep going. Yeah, it would have been. I thought like, oh, maybe heavy machinery is going to go. This could be interesting. Like pushing a team right out of the gate against. Yeah, it goes against what Connor and I said about (laughs) that. But it was it was nice. They got a couple nice moves in a couple nice eliminations and or they got the one elimination, but like a couple nice. Yeah, just like a good match. And I mean, their finishing move, I'd like to see it be done a little crisper. Uh, I don't know if their whole point of the finishing move is for, like, Otis Dojovic to come down with the power slam and then move out of the way and then have the guy, Tucker Knight, deliver the big splash on top. But I thought their finishing move was supposed to be Tucker Knight or landing on the back of Otis as they both fall on top of the guy. So it needs to be a little crisper if that is their finish. That is what it is. Oh, okay, so they botched it then. No, I think what it is is he jumps into him. Uh, Otis hits the power slam and then rolls out of the way. And the way that Tucker Knight goes is he goes down and then pushes up and splashes on. Is him that on top what it is? That. Okay, I think so. All right, because it looked weird. I've seen it, it looked weird times. on TV. Uh, at least that I was going to say the complete opposite about that move. Actually, I was like, I really like their finisher. If that's what it is, because. It's just well, that's what I mean. Right? If like if it's... that's what it is, then it needs to be done a little crisper because it did look a little weird. Um, yeah, I like just like TV. the aspect of like six hundred pounds, and then you're like, oh, that was terrible. And then on top of that, Tucker Knight pushes off and comes back down on top of you for a little bit of a splash and a pin. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. Cool. I'm okay with it. Uh, I I just like to see like you know it done a little crisper. It's two big men falling on you when you get slammed, kicked in the face, and everything. And if that's going to be enough to knock you out. It's got to be done crisply, right? Yeah. It really does. Otherwise, it's going to fall into, you know, a joke of a finisher territory, which you don't want to have happen, even though they are a little bit more of a comedy team. Yeah. Let's now, try it out. Let's have 600 pounds drop on you. Oh, I'll probably be and fine. another 300 pounds <laughs> drop on you again. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Daniel Bryan, the vegan bastard, has done it. He threw the WWE Championship in the trash First time sorry. on WWE TV since Alundra Blaze, I believe. Correct? Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Uh, just quickly, uh, we skipped over Mandy and Sonya oh, declared they're... for the oh. Elimination Chamber. Like, right. they said that they were going to be in it. Which is weird because it's weird that Raw is having these qualifying matches, but then SmackDown, they were just like, we're in it. I was yeah. like, okay. It's such a heel thing to do. It's I was good. like, be consistent, but okay. I, that's exactly it, though. You're like, be consistent, but it puts heat right on Mandy Rose and Sonya yeah. Deville. It's the um, right call for them. They were going to be in it regardless. Also, Usos won that Fatal 4-Way match. Yes, they did. They'll face Miz and Mac at uh, Elimination Chamber. It should be a good match. Usos are always great, and yeah. I hope they win. Yep. Um, All right. Now, Daniel can I get Bryan. excited about this new title? Yes. Oh my yes. god, I love it. Oh, it's so I good. To finish on this. I yeah. Wanted to finish on it. I didn't want uh, to go back to it. Oh my god, this title. It's amazing. It's amazing. I love the little details. I love how it fits his character so well. We were calling for it there. I believe it was during the pay per view, saying we need some new uh, championship belt with like some sort of hemp, uh, whatever. I don't know. It was so good. I love the reveal. And then now we also get revealed that we are getting a star-studded elimination chamber match. Yeah, Jesus, I'm I'm man. excited for this. I think it's going to be super hype. Um, 
And honestly, like the weird thing is elimination chambers are so much fun and you could just see anyone win it just because it's an elimination chamber. Like it, yeah. they did it with Bray Wyatt, right? Where you're like, oh my God, Bray, remember he wasn't supposed to, like it wasn't to the fans. It was like, he's not going to win this. He should, but he's not going to. And then and it got did. to the bottom two and we're like, oh my God, Bray Wyatt is winning this elimination chamber. And we were so hyped about it. And they could do the exact same thing here where they just have like Samoa Joe pick up the victory because it's Joe, right? Mm-hmm. And that's like, oh, this is an amazing way to have a heel take the title off another heel because it's an elimination chamber. Yeah. I wonder right? I wonder if whoever takes the belt <laughs> off Daniel Bryan ends up putting the belt through a wood chipper. Because that would be fun. <laughs> like, come on, we need to see that. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> Just some way of destroying the belt. to, And then I wonder if this is their way of uh, establishing, like, a blue belt on SmackDown Live, you know, as well after the Daniel Bryan run is over. Because they've got the red strap for Raw. I wonder if they have some sort of blue strap for SmackDown Live. Yeah, they might They might do that. They're yeah. really committed to this color scheme thing. They like, really are. They're worried people are going to mix up the belts or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I like the idea of just a black. Like I like the idea with the women's titles. You've got the, the white outside, and then the color of the brand is on the inside of it. Yeah. That looks mm-hmm. so nice. Um, I'd li- I wish they would do that with more of their championships, you know? Yeah. Have like the black outer rim for the male superstars and the white for the, the female superstars to exactly. create a little bit of distinctive colors for them and then have the inside of the championship just the color of the brand. That would look pretty exactly. cool. Exactly. That would be awesome. But yeah, this bit was amazing. Again, kind of weird that they're not having qualifying matches for the Elimination Chamber. But everybody in it made sense like, to be in it, right? Yeah, like, everyone also made sense, right? Yeah. And also I really liked that it was Triple H uh announcing it and i really liked that it was just on screen yep me too and i loved how daniel hid behind rowan while and how they slipped out of that ring well they're always on the table he stood on the table holding the belt hiding behind rowan um rowan looks menacing Mm -hmm. i wouldn't mind hearing him on the mic a little bit if they're gonna sell him as he's my fellow intellectual peer he reads this and this have him speak a bit have him talk down to about people i would love to hear that right like have this big menacing guy sound intelligent yes and it would be amazing it really would and also the thing with eric rowan or just rowan now is that he is so menacing looking that hearing a guy like that, like you said, talk about smart stuff, whatever, would be a great heel work. It really would. Oh, it would be amazing. And they look yeah. so natural together, too. Oh, my God. Yeah, I like them a lot. Uh, I, I'm excited about this. I'm excited about the match. I'm sure Rowan is going to find a way into the nation chamber in some way or another to interfere. Yes, um, he, he should be the one who helps Daniel Bryan fully retain. And sell yes. the fact that this guy is actually dangerous. You don't want yeah, him and to have be him do it against like yeah. Mustafa Ali or something. Like have it where like Mustafa Ali's such a baby face, like such a clean, clear baby face. Be the reason have that him... he got eliminated. Yeah, like have him be like the final two, and it's like, could Mustafa Ali do this? And then all of a sudden, Rowan just comes in and mucks him. Yeah, or something along those lines, right? Where it's like, oh, you guys are dicks. I'd almost like also for Rowan somehow to find a way into Daniel Bryan's pod. And to protect him in there the entire time. Like, you know, like... Oh, yeah, that'd be great, too. Refusing, like, for the pod to open or something, and then he's in the pod just looking menacing, and then eventually somebody, you know, gets him out and whatever. That would be kind of fun to watch as well. It was a great segment, though. I love the belt. Yes. Um, I love love the chants. The crowd was so into this segment. 
the give her a name give her a name and then daniel <laughs> plays on that and goes yeah you what did he say you people are so whatever he like just ripped on them for being like you don't understand it like essentially is what he was saying what do you like, name it daisy i think yeah the, yeah the belt and then he was like give the new belt a name that's what the crowd was chanting and he's like i'm not giving this new belt a name because it's not it's natural it's not a per and oh the planet's champion the planet's champion Craig. oh this is the best version of daniel bryan we've ever seen amazing amazing work amazing stuff um i loved every moment of it i love how menacing joe is i love that he's like this heel that is a heel toward heels yeah yeah like he he's more he will always be a heel because he's like i don't care that you're Andrade. I don't care that you're Randy Orton. I don't care that you're Daniel Bryan. I'm gonna put you to sleep. Damn right. And not in a yay, I'm a face because he's like, I'll also do it to Mustafa Ali. I'll also do... and every line that he had where he's like, and oh, how's Jeff. Wendy? <laughs> oh, how's Wendy? Jeff. Oh. Let's treat this like one of your mm-hmm. AA meetings. Like and what? Shut your mouth while I talk. I'm like, are you kidding <laughs> me? This dude is amazing. That promo alone could have him win the elimination chamber. That yeah, could be was, enough. It was great. It was a great way to go out on wrestling this week. Uh, phenomenal weekend with TakeOver. Phenomenal weekend with Royal Rumble. Phenomenal storytelling this yep. week a lot. Not much wrestling itself. Yeah, definitely great not. great stories, some great character work, uh, some stuff that's really getting me excited. That We are officially on the road to WrestleMania. And that is me. My MVP is Daniel Bryan because of everything that we just talked about. My match of the week was Seth versus Dean because it was my favorite match of theirs that they've had probably since he went heel. Okay, cool. And you go. Uh, Yeah, for me, my MVP (laughs) this week is Becky Lynch just because she stole the show on Raw and on SmackDown. That sucker punch, I can't get over that. I loved it, every second of it. Match of the week, I'm with you there, Seth and Dean. Uh, They did a fantastic job. Looking forward to their future. Whatever ends Anything up you want to add? Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Conman167. Where can they follow you? <laughs> Bob's Wrestling, B-O-B-S-R-A-S-S-L-I-N, Bob's Wrestling. And also one last thing to add here now, we are going to be available everywhere podcasts are available, iTunes, Spotify, you name it. We're trying to go live everywhere, so make sure you check out the Con and Bob podcast on whatever podcast app you listen to. But... For today, I've been Con. And I've been Bob. And that was the Con and Bob Podcast.